But we're going to talk some Packers football right now. I think I think the average Packers fan out there is a little frustrated with this offseason because there just there's been very little news. The biggest news of the offseason has been the release of Sam Shields and the release of James Starks. And I said this earlier, I think the reason that that's not really even fulfilling if you want Packers news is because those guys were complete non-contributors this past year. You want things to happen that are going to affect change for next year. You don't want to see a repeat of what happened in the NFC Championship game. So releasing a couple guys who didn't do anything positively or negatively this past season doesn't do much for you. All the while, it seems like all the other teams in the NFL, there's been some trades, uh, there's been teams extending guys, even restricted free agents getting signed to uh, contract extensions. Small things like that, they may seem tiny, but they're all part of the process of becoming who you're going to be next season. And that's not happening right now, seemingly with the Packers. So let's get some answers. And there's no better guy to get answers from than our good friend Mike Spofford. He's a senior writer at uh, Packers.com. He joins us right now. Mike, it is great to talk to you. How are you doing today? Good, good. How's it going? Doing okay. Um, What's going on behind the scenes that the average person out there does not know about with the Packers? Well, if I had to guess, and this is uh, this is truly my guess at this point, I would imagine with the uh, the list of pending free agents that the Packers have, I'm sure that they have uh, decided on their priorities in terms of the guys that they would like to re-sign, and uh, um, negotiations, I would imagine, are underway with uh, at least an agent or two um, with those players the Packers would like to bring back. I think partly... Why maybe we're not hearing a whole lot in the news is uh, because the Packers like to keep things quiet. They don't like, uh, you know, so those behind the scenes types of things to be getting out. And uh, they may be making requests with those agents to say, hey, you know, let's uh, let's not negotiate this thing in the media. Let's uh, let's take care of it, and uh, we'll all have something positive to announce when it's all said and done. So, um, just because it's quiet doesn't mean there aren't uh, some significant uh, workings going on. Now that Kyle Shanahan has his coaching staff put together in San Francisco, it seems like for the most part, coaches are have their jobs figured out for next year. Is that? Does that indicate that there's going to be uh, no major changes on the uh, coaching staff for the Packers? That would seem to be the case. I think that's uh, I think that's the best way to read it. I mean, Mike McCarthy told us uh, at his uh, season-ending news conference a few days after the NFC Championship game about uh, Tom Clements and his departure after uh, a decade as uh, one of his top offensive assistants in Green Bay. And uh, it seems as though that is really the only major change that's happening with Green Bay's coaching staff, or I would imagine uh, we would have found something out by now because next week all the uh, the coaches, the scouts, everybody is, uh, including myself, headed to Indianapolis for the scouting combine. And really that's where you start turning the page to 2017. You start looking at all the prospects and they do the interviews and there's a lot of talk with agents and things on contracts with pending free agents and such that goes on there. So, um, you know, really the, the page begins to be turned next week and uh, the fact that we haven't heard of any major changes on the coaching staff to this point would indicate uh, that there's nothing else, um, you know, blockbuster, so to speak, that could happen. We'll get back to some Packer stuff in a second, but since you mentioned the scouting combine, as a, as a media member covering it, 
what kind of access do you get and what what are you doing when you when you cover that event well for the most part uh it's it's two different sets of uh um i guess things you might say all the uh head coaches and gms or at least most of them um go to the podium um in indianapolis and uh and hold a formal press conference for the national media but then they also uh you know kind of hold some sessions off to the side uh with the local reporters kind of the daily beat reporters who are there all the time so uh it's it's really the first chance to uh to interview Mike McCarthy since the end of the season. It's the first chance to interview Ted Thompson uh really since training camp. Um so from that standpoint it it's significant just in terms of uh getting their thoughts on where things stand and what the future plans are. And then there's also uh access to you know hundreds of draft prospects um who are brought into the media center to answer questions from reporters uh you know if there's any i mean you know from the wisconsin point of view you know players like tj watt will certainly generate a lot of attention from uh local media at the combine and he'll be doing interviews and whatnot so um there's all of uh all of that to follow as well continuing to talk with uh mike spofford senior writer for packers dot uh, com strong organizations like the packers do what they do, and they don't let outside forces affect them. All that being said, there's a lot of noise from the fan base about going after free agents and making some changes and getting the defense better. Does does the does the the folks out there the you know maybe it's a vocal minority, maybe it's a vocal majority, but do do the fans out there do the Packers hear that at all, and does that affect anything that they do? Well, I, they certainly hear it. They're not oblivious to uh, to the fan sentiment and what uh, and what some of the the feelings are out there. Does it influence what they do? I don't think so. They they have their way in which they're going to go about things. Now that being said, you know a lot of people would interpret that as saying, oh, well, they're just going to do what they always do and they're not going to sign any free agents and it's just going to be drafting players and bringing in more young guys. I'll say this. I don't know what Ted Thompson's plans are for the off season, but when I look at what happened five years ago, you had the number one safety on the team, Nick Collins. Unfortunately, his career ended. He was no longer a Green Bay Packer much sooner than anyone had anticipated. And quite frankly, it took the Packers too long to replace that, that level of talent in the secondary. And uh, it really took until HaHa Clinton-Dix was drafted in the first round in 2014 to uh, to find a suitable partner for Morgan Burnett at the safety position. The Packers now are in the position of needing to replace Sam Shields. He's no longer a Packer. He was expected to be a Packer much longer, but uh, as we all know, the concussions, the injuries, all of that has added up, and he was released. And I don't think the Packers can afford to take as long to replace that number one corner as it took when Nick Collins, unfortunately, left the team five years ago. So there's a little bit of, you know, maybe something to be learned from history, a lesson to be learned there. And if anything, in terms of my feeling on whether the Packers will change their offseason approach or do something maybe a little bit out of the norm this year, it's that. Uh, whole situation when you reflect back on Collins in the safety position and now what you have to do at the corner position with no longer having shields. So there's a handful of high-profile free agents out there, and then obviously there's going to be a lot of kind of mid-level guys who are, who are good players. 
Do you think the Packers might be in on any of the big names, or is the the best to expect to get some just some veteran proven talent, maybe not Pro Bowl caliber kind of guys? Yeah, I mean, as far as the big names, it really it really comes down to what uh, what those price tags are going to be, and uh, you know those can be so crippling, I guess you could say, in terms of what you have to invest to bring in that type of player. Now, if the Packers, you know, if they study a player, they bring him in for a visit, they get to know him, and they really feel like that price tag is going to be worth it, could I see the Packers pulling the trigger there? Yeah, I could, because of the, the situation with uh, with losing your number one corner in Sam Shields, as, as they did, as I talked about before. But as we all know in free agency, all it takes is one team to throw an offer out there that that throws the market out of whack that that drives up somebody's price and uh um and very likely a, a player the packers could be interested in could just flat out be too expensive in terms of what they what they're what they're willing to invest and what they're willing to compromise with their salary cap in order to improve the team so the odds are that you know more the the veteran mid-level guys are probably more likely but I'm not going to rule out, you know, one of the early free agents, um, you know, until we see what the price tags really look like. He is Mike Spofford. He's a senior writer for Packers.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike Spofford. Mike, always great to uh, talk to you. Thanks so much for uh, uh, for your insight and uh, safe travels to Indianapolis for the scouting combine. All right, thanks. I appreciate you having me.